Welcome to the latest Boba News series, World Dairy Expo Chats. I'm your host, Amy Ryan, and today I'm visiting with Katie Schmidt, Communications Manager with World Dairy Expo, about the World Dairy Expo Dairy Cattle Show and Trade Show. Thanks, Katie, for being with us. Can you please describe your current role with World Dairy Expo and how long you've been in this role? So I've been with World Dairy Expo for six and a half years. This is my sixth show uh, with the organization on staff. Uh, currently, my role is communications manager. So I've been in this seat for about two years, but always on the marketing and communications side of World Dairy Expo. So in my day-to-day, -day, I get to do everything that basically you see or hear from World Dairy Expo uh, gets to come from my office, which is a lot of fun. Cool, cool. Thank you again for being with us. So. The first question is about the cattle show itself. I've heard that entries have been up a fair amount this year. So how many entries are there um, and how many entries are currently on the ground? Yes, entries are definitely up and folks who have been out at Expo already this week setting up are aware that we actually have an extra cattle tent set up this year because entries are so high. So this year going into Expo week, we had about 3,300 entries. Normally we have 2,300 cattle on grounds during the week of Expo. We are expecting that is going to be much higher this year. We don't know how many yet though. So we are chatting, it's Saturday afternoon, so I am waiting for final numbers still from our dairy cattle check-in team. Animals are supposed to be in place at noon today. So we're, we're expecting some final numbers soon, but I did find out that on Friday alone, our check-in teams got a thousand animals settled in in one day. So wow, about a that's 24, amazing. <laughs> yeah, a 24-hour window. These these folks are incredibly efficient, and they know how to keep people moving in and out and making sure everybody's settling in well. So it's going to be a really large show this year. Exciting. Good yes. things to come this week. Um, and do you know of those animals that are here, what percentage of them or how many are actually here for sales as versus shows, or maybe some will participate in both, but... You know, I don't know the exact number on that one. We do have some crossover, but there is a specific show or sales string for our World Classic, which is up in the front of Pavilion 2. So the east end, nope, east end of Pavilion 1, my mistake, wrong barn. And then the Brown Swiss sale cattle are also grouped together, and they are located in the sale pavilion. So this is how tight we are in space out here this week. Those cows are going to hang out in the sale pavilion this week. Uh, so they are in there and our Ayrshires are kind of spread out throughout the grounds. Uh, they are tied in with strings that they belong to currently. And our Jersey sale is actually going to be virtual this year. So uh, we are expecting uh, none of those animals on grounds to walk through a sale ring. Okay. All right. And international is always a huge part of World Dairy Expo as well. So uh, how many attendees do you expect internationally, Canadian, those types of things? Our, traditionally, our numbers are in like that 100 countries represented range with about 2,000 to 2,300 individuals. And that's on an attendee side of things. Obviously, last year, we saw that number decrease quite a bit because of border restrictions and travel restrictions. We're anticipating that we're going to be closer to our typical number again. We do know that there are still some travel restrictions in place out there that are going to impact some folks. Uh, luckily, we have Expo TV for people who can't travel to Madison next week, but uh, we are thinking that we're going to get close to that those numbers again. And of course, we have strong international presence in our dairy cattle show, which mm -hmm. we keep talking about with our Canadian exhibitors. But last year, we even had owners from Australia and Italy and the UK. So it's really growing into a global portion of our event as well. 
Uh, our trade show obviously has a strong international presence too. So it's fun to see the cattle show also kind of morph and evolve into that space as well. Mm -hmm. Very true. Uh, last year, prior to World Dairy Expo, you announced changes to this year's show schedule. Can you elaborate on those changes? Um, start with the cattle show for us. Sure, yes, big changes, right? So, and that's why we did those announcements before World Dairy Expo last year. We wanted to make sure everyone had time to make the right hotel reservations, mm -hmm. you know, make their time off requests at work if they need to, really just plan ahead because it was going to be a major shift. So, of course, we were talking about the change from a Tuesday through Saturday event or show to a Sunday through Friday event. So this is actually an extra day and it's shifted. So it's a very, very different structure for us. The last time World Dairy Expo went through a scheduled change, it was about 20 years ago. So, you know, not the first time we've done this, but it has been a while since we've changed it up. So this year, our Sunday opening day of World Dairy Expo is dedicated to our youth contest. So fitting and showmanship and our judging contest. And it really gives our young people a chance to, to shine for a day at Expo and really get us started on a fantastic foot for the week. Monday is when our dairy cattle shows will start. And that is going to start with our junior Holsteins, our milking shorthorns, and our Jersey heifers. So just a heifer show for jerseys that night. That is a change as well. So within this restructured schedule, we also have a restructured breed schedule. Um, so um, we'll get to that, I'm sure. But uh, Tuesday then starts our trade show and our educational components. And then everything wraps up on Friday afternoon, 4 p.m. The trade show closes. And that's also when the Parade of Champions and mm -hmm. the naming of our next Supreme Champion happens. Yep. And really, we tie a bow on the week that is World Dairy Expo. Mm -hmm. And so what shows are on Tuesday through Friday then? So how does that work out for the cattle shows? Absolutely. I'm going to try to do this from memory. Yeah. So I think I've got this figured out, though. I, I've been talking about it a lot, right? <laughs> uh, so like I said, Monday is Junior Holstein and Milking Shorthorns right away at 7 o'clock in the morning. They're going to get going early. Uh, that afternoon, 4 o'clock, is when the Jersey Heifers start. They're going to have the entire ring to themselves. Tuesday, we have Jersey Cows starting they're gonna get the first couple classes of really big young cow classes out of the way, and then the Guernseys are gonna hit the ring. So our Guernsey heifers will start. Mm -hmm. Guernsey show is a one day show this year. And then that afternoon, we'll see brown Swiss heifers in the show ring. So that means Wednesday morning, brown Swiss cows all by themselves as well. Wednesday afternoon, the red and white heifers will start at 1.30. So they'll have the ring to themselves for a little bit. And then 3.30 is when the Ayrshire show starts with those heifers as well. So they'll, you know, share that space. Thursday morning, the cow shows for those two breeds, so Ayrshire and Red and Whites, are going to share. They're going to both start at 7 a.m. So that'll be a, an even start time for those two breeds. And then, of course, that afternoon is when the Holstein show starts for the open show. And then that wraps us up on Friday morning with just the Holstein cows left to go. And, you know, obviously we've got those shifts in days for those breeds and the Guernseys, Milking Shorthorns and Ayrshires are also on that breed rotation that we've talked about in the past too. So those three breeds will show on a different day each year. Um, so if you are following along with those breeds, make sure you know when they're going to hit the colored shavings at World Dairy Expo each year uh, as they navigate their rotation as well. Okay, perfect. Thank you for that. Next is, can you kind of 
explain the thought process behind why those changes were made, and then also it, um, what feedback you've received so far. Thought process behind it, why it was made, that is a good question because there was a lot of thought that went into these changes. You know, these are not small, minor things for an organization to do, and, and we know that changes to World Dairy Expo not only impact our organization, but they also impact 1,600 dairy cattle exhibitors and 650 companies in our trade show and you know 60,000 attendees. So mm -hmm. it's it's nothing nothing is done to World Dairy Expo or at World Dairy Expo without it being thought through, without it being considered from so many different angles and ways to look at it. So in 2020 when we couldn't host our event because of the pandemic, you know, we had we had time on our hands uh, and we had a chance to to put leaders into a room together and say hey, here's some feedback that we keep hearing from exhibitors, both in the dairy cattle show, in the trade show, from our attendees. We survey people every year at the end of World Dairy Expo, and we do value that feedback that we get from those folks. And, you know, they read through it, they evaluated it, they finally said, for the first time ever, they said, we think we have a solution to our trade show requesting a shorter show, our dairy cattle show saying we need more space in the ring, and... You know, and then it just it created an opportunity for us to also say, "Hey, youth contest, you're important. You know, let's let's include you in the official days of our event. You know, you're not going to be a pre-show function anymore. Mm -hmm. You are you are important too." So, it, it just kind of worked out that eventually, you know, you talk enough to enough people, and somebody says, "Well, I've got this idea." And then it works its way out. And at the end of the day, I think we've got a schedule that is going to be beneficial to Expo as a whole, to our exhibitors. I know change is hard. It's hard for us as well. I mean, we stumble through this schedule and what it means and how it's going to work. And I get it wrong every other time. But it, it is, it's going to be a positive, especially if we consider it in that way and look at it that way. Um, you know, there might be things that we have to adjust in the future, and that's that's the beauty of Expo is that we are a grassroots organization. We again, we listen to our exhibitors, we listen to our attendees, we want that feedback because when we can incorporate it, we do, um, yeah. and that's that's what guides World Dairy Expo as a, a nonprofit with a board of directors and very involved exhibitor committees as well. Okay, thank you. The next question is referring to the expansion of the show ring because mm -hmm. you mentioned that. Some of the breed shows are obviously getting larger each and every year. And in order for all the exhibitors to get a good look from the judge and the judge to have enough room to evaluate everything, there's also some changes that were put in place with the show ring this year. So can you talk about those, please? Yes, yes, more 2020 discussions. <laughs> you know, all these things that happened because we had time on our hands. Uh, that The show ring space is a, an area of our event that is very constrained, right? We can't tear down the Coliseum and build a bigger show ring. We can't build a structure that creates a bigger show ring. So we're, we're limited in the physical space that is in that building. But again, we put enough voices into a room last winter and, and before that, and they said, let's find a solution. Like, what could we change? What's, what's sacred? What can't we touch? You know, what has to happen? And they decided that every animal should have the opportunity to be exhibited on the colored shavings, right? They didn't want to create a secondary show ring for other breeds, for other shows, for preliminary classes. They said, no, everything needs to be on the colored shavings 
in that show ring. That is where the action at World Expo needs to happen. So when that guidelines or parameters got put on the project, you got to really start to look at it, right? So they said, well, you know, we've got this big display area on the south end of the show ring that everybody loves and our Badger Dairy Club students work so hard to build every year. They said, well, can we make that smaller? And the end of the day, the vote was, yes, we can. So we've been talking about this display as a, a change to a two-dimensional look from this three-dimensional, like, massive build that we're used to seeing. And that might not have been the best way to describe it in all reality, right? Like, we didn't really know what it was going to look like until it's built. Um, it, it lives in people's heads as this concept and this idea. And then you build it out and you go, oh, this is what you were thinking. And so we're really excited about the, the show ring display that is built now. And it's out in the world for people to see. It, it is two-dimensional, but it's also three-dimensional, right? Like, it comes out about five feet. It's going to take up less show ring floor space at the end of the day. Um, and then the other major change that people keep talking about, it, as they should because it is tied to an expo tradition, right, is that west rail. Mm -hmm. So the west rail elimination, I think, was a really hard decision for this group to make. Um, they also have the traditions of standing against that rail and watching their animals compete, watching their family compete. Um, they probably grew up sitting on the rail, quite honestly. and. I think to take that rail away was not a decision that was made lightly, but at the end of the day, it was a decision that was made in the best interest of our dairy cattle exhibitors. And knowing that our shows will be so much larger this year based on our entry numbers, that extra floor space is going to be huge. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm hopeful that it's enough uh, because people work really hard to get their animals here. They, they invest a lot to be here and we want to make sure that they get a good look when they're out on those colored shavings. Yeah, agree 100%, and I'm sure other exhibitors will feel the same way and are looking forward to seeing those changes as well as having some extra room. So let's switch gears now and talk about the trade show. So first of all, how many companies will be exhibiting this year and how many of them are new to Expo? Yes, yes, we love new companies. <laughs> so we are expecting about 670 participating companies. So that means companies who are exhibiting as well as sponsoring. So there's some that won't be out in the trade show, but they still mm -hmm. support World Trade Expo. So we consider them as a participating company. Uh, of that list, there are 112 new companies. So really fun to see those new folks come in from all over the place. And, and throughout there, we're going to see 24 countries represented, six Canadian provinces, and actually 44 U.S. states. So it's a, a truly cool. global yes. show. Yes, for sure. In every respect, it is very global. And we talked about the schedule changes quite in depth for the cattle show, mm -hmm. but there's also changes for the trade show, as you already referenced. And so just quickly talk about what those changes are going to yeah, yeah. The big one for them is mm -hmm. that they have a show that's a day shorter, mm -hmm. right? They have a four-day trade show, uh, which, of course, sits on top of that five-day dairy cattle show and six-day event schedule. So it mm -hmm. all just kind of like stacks together and slowly we stagger our starts a little bit. But that that show rate or that trade show schedule change really means one less day of trade show floor activity for them. They're setting up still right now. They have to be in place on Monday at 5 p.m. So folks who are coming for the Dairy Cattle Show on Monday should not expect to talk to trade show exhibitors. They will not be set up. That portion of our event is not open 
Um, so Tuesday morning, 9 a.m., trade show floor is going to open up, and we're really looking forward to having one last day of trade show action really create a, a healthy trade show for our exhibitors and for our attendees. Okay. And are there any other changes that the trade show exhibitors are going to expect to see for 2022? Nothing major on the trade show side that exhibitors are going to see. Um, I guess one of the bigger things is that on Thursday night, we do host our international reception for our international attendees. Mm -hmm. And previously that has been a, an exclusive event to those individuals. So okay. these people who travel from all over the world, uh, this year, they, the international advisory committee had suggested that we open that up to trade show exhibitors as well. So our trade show exhibitors can attend the international reception on Thursday night in the exhibition hall and engage and interact with our a very densely populated international audience for an evening. And then, of course, after that, you can join everybody in the tan bark for the sunset celebration and all of the fun that happens the rest of that evening as well. Good. Exciting for everybody. Uh, what are some of the services and events that you offer to help trade show exhibitors get the most out of their expo experience? Ooh, this is a long list, Amy. This is a really long list. Uh, we thought those trade show, or those dairy cattle show changes were a lot. Uh, <laughs> the trade show has, a, I think we'd say the major thing is going to be the mobile event app. And this is a feature or a tool that's really great for our exhibitors as well as our attendees. Mm -hmm. And there's different tools for both groups within it, which I think is really fun. Uh, it's a customly built app by our IT team that also built everything for the dairy cattle show. Uh, and it is designed to have interactive maps in there. It has a custom schedule that you can build out. There's actually features in there that you can schedule meetings with people. Um, so exhibitors can say, yeah, I have you know, my global product development director in our booth at 12 o'clock on Tuesday afternoon, and they're available for meetings. And they can put that into the app, and our attendees can see that. And they can say, I would like to have that meeting. Mm -hmm. um, so there's really fun things like that. There's easy things like the fact that we have Exhibitor Connect within it. So you can scan a QR code in an attendee's app and get all of their information. So there's no more filling out you know, cards with your information to enter the drawings mm -hmm. and to get the free swag. You can just do a quick, easy scan of their app, and it all goes into a digital format right away. You can put notes in there about what you talk to that attendee about. Um, and really, we hope that it makes for a really efficient use of time for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. um, th so that's a, a huge, huge tool for our trade show exhibitors. Uh, the other things would be, you know, we've got the commercial exhibitor ex uh, appreciation dinner or party on Tuesday night that's sponsored by Hordes Dairyman, which is a fun, you know, a time to get together and, and reconnect a little bit because that's what World Dairy Expo is all about. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I, it's just a really good time to, to see everybody again. Well, that app sounds really exciting. So I've downloaded it, but you might have to show me some of the ins and outs of it because it sounds like there's a lot of new and exciting things in there to check out. So happy to. Wonderful. <laughs> um, the next question is, Another event that's being held this year with World Dairy Expo mm -hmm. is the World Brown Swiss Conference. How do you feel this event will impact the show and its attendees? Yes, we're excited about this event being in conjunction with World Dairy Expo. So they are hosting it here in Madison while World Dairy Expo is also happening in mm -hmm. Madison. Uh, this is uh, something that happens semi-regularly with some of these world conferences. So the last one that was hosted in conjunction would have been the Ayrshire Conference in 2016, I believe. 
And this year they are, you know, planning some really great events on their own. And then for a couple of days, they're just going to spend time here at Expo. So I, I think it's going to help our international attendance, but it's also really going to, I think, make for a, a fantastic audience watching that Brown Swiss show which we know is just filled with so much history and grandeur as they name those senior champions with the yodelers on the colored shavings and all of these really fantastic traditions that are so unique to World Dairy Expo, but also, you know, really recognize the, the, the historic value of these cattle and their, their journey to the U.S. I would agree. It'll be a wonderful event for everyone involved. Yeah. So as with everything here at World Dairy Expo, there's a lot of moving parts, uh, whether it be the large dairy cattle show, the trade show, mm-hmm. basically whatever goes on, there's a lot of people involved with that whole process and how it comes together. And what do you feel are some of the keys to hosting a successful show each year? Incredible volunteers. Hands down, that is what makes this possible. Mm-hmm. You know, World Dairy Expo has a, a relatively small staff. There's 10 of us that are full-time with the organization and work year round to plan World Dairy Expo, but without the help of close to 400 people, you know, in the week leading up to and during World Dairy Expo, we couldn't do it all. So it is without a doubt the human infrastructure that supports uh, this event. Mm-hmm. And it's the, the people that come to exhibit, the people that come to attend, uh, you know, wherever World Dairy Expo is, and luckily we're here in Madison for the last 55 years, you know, the people are what makes this event possible and the incredible experience that it is. I would agree 100% with that statement. It always takes a good group of staff and volunteers to be make the show a huge success that it mm-hmm. is each year. So as we close out our interview, are there any other activities or details about this year's show that you'd like to share? I think the big thing that is also important for people to be aware of is the educational components that happen at World Dairy Expo. This is an area of the show that staff and volunteers and committees have invested a lot of time into really developing in the last handful of years. So we see an addition of things like Expo en Español, so seminars in Spanish for our, our Spanish-speaking friends in the dairy industry, Tambark Talks, which are essentially keynote speakers every or Wednesday through Friday morning of World Dairy Expo. You know, we still have those great virtual farm tours and expo seminars and dairy forage seminars. We added the Knowledge Nook a few years back for a, a new stage or a new product stage space. Um, so there's really a lot that can be learned at World Dairy Expo as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the, the connections with the exhibitors are incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there's also a lot that people can learn and have fun at. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's happy hours every night. We've got free beer to give away and there's free milk all day long in the tan bark. Um, so it's really a lot of opportunities to, to connect, to sit down and, mm-hmm. and just see people face to face again and, and feel like, you know, somebody who you've never met before. You can leave Madison thinking that they are, they're your family now because at the end of the day, we're all connected through the dairy industry and that's what makes this event so incredible. Mm-hmm. And just another brief statement about the app. All of this information is in there, which is wonderful because I've downloaded it. 
um, the, the passes this year to get in are all virtual, so yes. that is also downloaded on my phone, which is wonderful. Um, so definitely get that app downloaded, and all the information you need for the whole week is in there, and there's a lot of different details about everything that's happening yes. at the World Theory Expo. You are so prepared. I love hearing this. This is <laughs> this is fantastic. Yes, tickets online at worldderexpo.com. Yep. Admission is charged Tuesday through Friday this year. $15 for the day, $40 for a season pass. Uh, again, save them on your phone, print them off yep. at home. Treat it like you are going to a sporting event or getting on an airplane. Um, and of course, yes, that app to download. Uh, you can make your own schedule. You can select companies to visit in the trade show, and it'll light them up on the maps, you know, where they're at. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talked that there's an extra cattle tent out here. Cows are not where they normally are mm -hmm. in the pavilions this year because of that expansion of the show. So that information is also in the app during during the event, too. So, yeah, okay. I love, love that. Love that advice, Amy. Yes, download the app, please. <laughs> Perfect. So thank you again very much for your time, Katie. Uh, to share the up-to-date information about this year's World Dairy Expo. This wraps up our Bova News podcast for today, and if you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to Bova News on your favorite podcast subscription platform, or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And be sure to check out our website, www.bovanews.com, for more information and alerts on upcoming podcasts. This has been Amy Ryan, your host, and from everyone at Bova News, have a great day.